On today's show, Heartbreak City as the Rockets drop another close game in Los Angeles, this time around to the Lakers 105 to 104. What went wrong late in this game? What were some of the mistakes that the Rockets need to be able to erase moving forward? Alperin Shagun is clearly the go to guy for this Rockets team. And hey, it's time we have a conversation about Jalen Green. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three on the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. Oh! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including... YouTube, just search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everyday or thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Rockets dropping another close one in the City of Angels, 105-104 against the Lakers this time around. And this was a hell of a game, guys. This was a hard-fought battle, and the Rockets were right there at the end with a chance to win this one yet again, just like they were against the Clippers. And just like against the Clippers, it felt like there was a little bit of home cooking in this game. You go look at the free throw discrepancy and, and try to tell me otherwise. 29 free throw attempts for the Lakers to just 10 free throw attempts for the Houston Rockets. We'll get into that a little bit later on. I want to focus on the end of the game right now because I think there's there's two very important takeaways from this game. The first being this Rockets team is good enough to now be competitive all the way to the end of games. You know, the this game, the Clippers game, you know, it, it, the Spurs game, the Warriors game from earlier this season, some of the losses that they have had this season would have been blowouts last year. And some of the wins that they had would have just been straight up losses because this team knows how to stick in a game. They, they, they stick around, they keep it close, and they give themselves a chance late in the game to, to win. And that's important. That's what you want. That's what good teams do. They give themselves a chance late in the game. They also blow out other teams occasionally so hopefully the Rockets can get back to doing that a couple you know in the not so distant future but they've got to learn how to close out teams they've got to learn how to close out games and this is still an incredibly young team that doesn't exactly know how to do that yet so you look at the sequences to end this game starting around the we'll say around the three-ish minute mark of the fourth quarter Fred Van Vliet had a couple of back-to-back really clutch buckets. He had the mid-range jumper. Then he had the really big three-pointer to tie the game up at 98-all. And then within the last, like, 90 seconds, it basically became a LeBron James, Alper, and Shingun battle to see who could 
eventually take their team home. LeBron had a uh, a bucket to pull ahead 100 to 98. Rockets come down on the other end. Alper and Shingun ties it up with a layup, 100 all. Then they come back down a few possessions later, and you go back and forth, back and forth, a couple turnovers, a couple missed shots. Alpine missed a layup. Anthony Davis had a turnover. Uh, and the, the possession that I think is actually maybe even more crucial than the end possession, the final possession of the game, which was LeBron James getting fouled under the rim by Tari Eason, air quotes around fouled, uh, was the Austin Reeves three-pointer. The Lakers' final, like, proper offensive possession where they ran a full set, and Dylan Brooks was on LeBron James, Jabari Smith Jr. was on Austin Reeves, and they wound up switching that. And so it was going to be Jabari checking LeBron by himself, and Dylan was cheating way too far off of Austin Reeves. I know Reeves hadn't had a big game to that point, but... I felt like Dylan Brooks was overhelping way too much from from a shooter right there. And, and when, when the pass happened, Dylan had actually lost track of where Austin Reeves was. So when he tried to recover, he closed out to the wrong spot on the court because Reeves was already a, a few steps behind the three-point line. And Reeves drills like a you know an insane like 27, 28 footer, whatever, however, however far away it was. So you tip your cap, but I do think that was a defensive breakdown in the sense of just let Jabari check LeBron solo or load up the help on LeBron as he starts to drive, not that early in the play. So that was a little frustrating there to see that three drop. Rockets come back down. They go for the quick two points from Alperin Shingun. He gets it. They get the ball inbounded. Austin Reeves gets fouled. He hits one free throw out of two. So the, the, the doorway is still open for the Rockets to make it happen at the end of the game. It's 104-102. Rockets get another timeout. They draw up another play. It's another Alperin Shingun layup this time. It's guarded by LeBron James. LeBron James draws the task of guarding Alperin Shingun. So last game, Kawhi Leonard was checking Alperin Shingun in the most important defensive possession of the game for the Clippers. And then this game, LeBron James drew the task, and it did not matter. Alperin Shingun completely bully-balled LeBron James to tie the game up at 104 points for both teams. And then with that, there was four seconds left. Lakers take a full timeout. And the final possession of the game, Dylan Brooks decided to gamble on the inbound pass to LeBron James and tried to tip the ball away, tried for a steal. And when the steal didn't happen, Dylan Brooks very clearly tried to intentionally foul LeBron James to send him to the free throw line right away. Instead, LeBron was able to get a full head of steam going baseline, drove to the rim, all the rockets collapsed on him. They whistled Tari Eason for the foul. But at that point, there was only 1.9 seconds left. So enough time had bled off the clock that despite LeBron going to the free throw line, and despite, despite LeBron missing his first free throw and hitting the second one, there just wasn't enough time left on the clock for the Rockets to do anything with. 1.9 seconds, not enough time. If they had had 3.7, 3.8 seconds, if the refs had blown the whistle from the moment that Dylan Brooks fouled LeBron James initially on that final play, then maybe the Rockets could have done something with three and a half-ish seconds to get the ball up the court, running, you know, a... a a baseline ATO to try and get the ball to the other side of the court and get at least a long distance, you know, at least a moderate three point attempt out of it instead of the Dylan Brooks heave that they got to end the game. So it's unfortunate that they didn't have any timeouts left. They couldn't advance the basketball. You know, this was one where there were a handful of mistakes late 
in this game, uh, a couple of them by Dylan Brooks, and he owned up to it at the end. He said he should have played it straight up. He should have made LeBron hit the, you know, the over-the-shoulder turnaround to win the game instead of gambling and giving him that free run to the rim. Uh, and not to mention the Rockets also missed an opportunity there. Uh, you know, I know Austin Reeves still went one from two at the free throw or one of two at the free throw line when they sent him there at the end of the game. But during that final inbounds play, LeBron held the basketball for a couple seconds and Al P was just a few seconds late or a couple seconds late on fouling him intentionally. And they had to send Austin Reeves to the line and said, LeBron has gone to the line and gone 0 for 2 in situations like that before. So that might've been a bit of a game changer had they sent LeBron to the line instead of Austin Reeves, who again, he did go one for two. So you still, you live with that result when you're playing the, uh, the free throw game at the end of these, uh, these matchups. I also want to point out that the Rockets went to Alper and Shingun repeatedly at the end of this game. He is their go-to guy now. He is their go-to bucket when they need a shot late, when they need to create a good look, when they need to score. He is their guy. He had the final six points for the Rockets in this game, and he had three of the final four shots, just all you know, all in a row, just post up LP, let him go to work. For him to go right at LeBron James and, and go right at his chest and finish through contact, which probably could have maybe even been an and one had the refs not swallowed their whistles when the Rockets were playing offense, then maybe we're talking about a different result here. But you've got to be incredibly proud of the effort that this team put in. The result isn't what you would have wanted to see, but this is one of those learning opportunities for a young team. They've got to learn how to close out games. So how did the Rockets even find themselves in this position where the game was this close at the end of regulation and where they watched it slip away in the final moments? We're going to talk about some of the game flow, how certain breakdowns happen across the game, why Alper and Shingun, uh, or why this team is not built to succeed without Alperin Shingun and Fred Van Vliet. We're going to get, get to all of that as well as we've got to have a conversation about Jalen Green and his production here coming up in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six players' stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is so simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and different stat types, which is what makes PrizePix the number one DFS sports app on the market. And with basketball season here and in full swing, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus reception. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you got to give PrizePix a chance. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepix.com slash locked on NBA with promo code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I will say I did see some people wondering you know, why the Rockets chose to go for the tie in this game, uh, repeatedly, I might add, rather than go going for the win late. And I, I do think, first off, that 
you know, giving some credit to Alper and Shingun for his performance late. Not only was he the go-to guy offensively, but he drew the sixth and final foul on Anthony Davis defensively, guarded him about as well as you can guard AD on an individual possession, was straight up and down, and Anthony Davis got whistled for the offensive foul, his sixth, and had to sit out with about 60 seconds left in the game. So maybe the logic was something along the lines of, hey, AD's been their best player tonight, and you know we haven't really had an answer for him. So without AD in the picture, maybe you know the, the final five minutes can swing our way. We just keep feeding the ball to Al P, keep getting those consistent buckets. Nobody can stop him now that AD's not in the game, which, is, which was very evident down the stretch. Rui Hachimura couldn't stop him. LeBron couldn't stop him. Jackson Hayes over on the bench wasn't going to be able to stop Al P in the game. So maybe that was the logic is, hey, instead of trying to go for the win here, and, you know, force a, a Dylan Brooks three or a Fred Van Vliet three will go for the higher percentage look because the Rockets best player and their go to guy in Alperin Shingun is not exactly a threat from three. Unfortunately, he's not a consistent threat from three or he's not going to self create from three and, and, you know, open up a wide open three pointer. Although, hey, the way LP was playing, maybe they should have let LP just, you know, try to be a gamer and bust a three pointer to, to take the to take the lead in this one. But. Credit to Alperin Shingun for some really clutch plays, some buckets offensively, the, the defensive play against Anthony Davis on the other end of the court. Uh, just a, a really overall impressive game from him. And that's why it hurt so much when he had to sit out the majority of the third quarter due to foul trouble. Um, I want to say Alpi picked up his fourth foul with about, what, 10 minutes left in the quarter? Yeah. 10-10 remaining in the third quarter. Alperin Shingun picks up his fourth personal foul. Rockets were leading 58-54 to at this point. Um, they were leading at halftime, 55-49. They had a six-point lead at halftime. And when Alperin Shingun was on the floor, the Rockets completely obliterated and outplayed the Lakers. LP was a plus 21 in a one-point loss. I'm going to... Repeat that number. Alperin Shingun was a plus 21 in a one point, one digit, single one loss. That's how good he was, and that's how little of an answer the Lakers had for him when he was on the floor for the Rockets. But then the moment he sat down, and especially in that third quarter when Ime Odoka had to run Jock Landale for a few minutes there in that third quarter. Look, first off, I, I was trying to hold out hope for Jock Landale. Um, Ime Odoka has clearly run out of patience for him to where he's only using him when necessary due to foul trouble. Uh, he's basically completely fallen out of the rotation. The Rockets' most desperate need right now is a legitimate, serviceable backup big because they can run Jabari as a small ball five. They can run Jeff Green as a small ball five. Hell, you can run Boban for some very situational minutes. They do not have a legitimate backup five that does not have a significant drop-off because right now the drop-off from... Alperin Shingun to Jock Landale is like the size of the Grand Canyon. Uh, it's not even funny. Like, like Jock just whatever it, I don't know if he's got the yips or something now, but offensively he's not do, he's not able to do anything with the passes that he's catching. He's bobbling passes. He's turning the ball over defensively. He's not providing the same kind of grit and tenacity and hustle that he was able to give to the Phoenix Suns last year where he was outplaying DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs for the Suns. And I really don't know if this is still a lingering side effect of the injury, if he's just not fully in, in game shape because he had to sit out and, and rehab that injury for so long. But he just does not look good right now. And this Rockets team is not built to succeed without Alperin Shingun. 
And they're also not built to succeed without Fred Van Vliet. Like, this team has a lot of pieces that are inc incredibly complementary of one another, but the Rockets kind of core three pieces, the most consistent pieces they've had this season, Alperin Shingoon, Dylan Brooks, and Fred Van Vliet. That trio can keep you in games and can win you some games pretty much by themselves. But this was one of those games where they needed somebody else. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Dying in the middle of the podcast. Amazing. Flag on the play. Blocker charge. Um, look, this was one of those games where they needed somebody else to step up. Anybody else. They got they got great contributions off the bench from Jeff Green. You loved his production off the bench. Uh Fred had a fantastic game, 15 points. The efficiency, not great, only 5 of 14 shooting, but he had 16 assists. New, I think that might be a career high for Fred Van Vliet. It's at least a season high for Fred Van Vliet. I should have looked it up before starting the episode. But 16 assists for Steady Freddy in this game. He had the couple big shots late to pull the Rockets, uh, you know, to tie the game up at 98 all. He showed up when it mattered most. Dylan Brooks, despite the couple late game miscues defensively, the only reason the Rockets were in this game to begin with was because Dylan Brooks was 6 of 11 from the three-point line, had 24 points, in addition to the stellar defense that he was playing over the course of the entire game, had four steals, had a lot of good defensive possessions, even though LeBron and AD both had monster games, AD with 27, LeBron with 37. The Lakers just kept feeding Anthony Davis over and over and over, and LeBron was getting pretty much whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted in this game. But he was still having to work for it. That's what Dylan Brooks does. He's gonna make, he's gonna make you work for those buckets. And he was getting inside LeBron James's head a little bit. I mean, you saw LeBron was you know got whistled for the technical after throwing the chicken wing at Dylan Brooks after you know after a dead ball, and he was inside of LeBron James's head for sure. So you just you needed one of Jalen or Jabari to really step it up in this game. And Jabari didn't have a bad game. You know, for all intents and purposes, his game was actually pretty pretty decent. 5 of 10 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3. He had 5 rebounds, had an assist, had a steal. Um, I, I do think, again, the biggest factors here, there was the free throw discrepancy, which, are, are you telling me that the way that Dylan Brooks drives, where he drives like a fullback and just tucks his head down and goes to the rim, that at no point in this game he would have been whistled for some contact? Are you telling me that Alperin Shingun didn't attempt a single free throw in this game, despite the fact that he gets he plays bully ball all game long in the post against guys like Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura and Jackson Hayes and even LeBron James at the end of the game, which should have been an and one on the basket to tie it up at the end, 100 all? the free throw discrepancy was pretty egregious in this game. Not to take it away from the Lakers. They were playing incredibly aggressive. AD was attacking constantly. LeBron was attacking constantly. Even Reeves at certain points in the games was just putting his head down and seeking contact, right? Faking the, you know, he had the fake on Jalen Green where he faked him up and under and Jalen fouled him from behind. So I'm not saying that the trips to the free throw line weren't undeserved for the Lakers. I'm just saying that the Rockets, there's, there's not a chance in hell that they only should have walked away with 10 free throw attempts in this game. So it was the free throw discrepancy really killed them because the Rockets were the better offensive team. They shot better from the floor, 48.8% to 47% for the Lakers. They shot better from three, 37.8% to 20.7%. Uh, and they were the better free throw shooting team, 80% to 72.4%. They were the better offensive team in every statistical category. Uh, they had 35 assists on 41 made shots. They were moving the ball well. The, the one area that the Lakers had is they were given a lot more free throws than the Rockets were, unfortunately. And then the other side was the turnovers. Now, the Lakers also had a mountain of turnovers in this game. 
uh, 18 turnovers for each team. The Lakers scored 24 points off those 18 turnovers, and the Rockets scored 18 points off the 18 Lakers turnovers. So, you know, they did a good job not letting L.A. get out in transition. They made L.A. a half-court team. I thought overall defensively, they did a really good job on the players not named LeBron and AD. Like, they they were clearly just going to force LeBron and AD to beat them by themselves. They didn't want to let other guys get super involved or let LeBron and AD get those other guys going. Uh, Torian Prince, just one of 11 shooting. Cam Reddish, only three of nine. D'Angelo Russell, just one of eight. Uh, and Rui Hachimura was just 4 of 10 for 11 points off the bench. So, I mean, I think the Rockets did a really good job defensively, almost up and down this entire Lakers roster. Uh, Austin Reeves, 5 of 7, 17 points, hit the big three at the end, unfortunately. He did have six assists. And then, you know, past that, though, it was the LeBron and AD show. And they had to put on massive performances to be able to win this game. Again, it took 27 and 10 from AD. It took 37, 6 and 8 from LeBron to go with three steals for for him to win this game by one point. And again, the Rockets don't have a star player. They don't have a guy that's going to get superstar calls at the end of games. They don't have a guy that can manufacture points at will from the free throw line just yet. It kind of looked like Jalen was, you know, developing that skill, developing that ability. But to this point, you know, Jalen has these games where he just becomes a complete non-factor offensively. And for your shooting guard, literally it's in the name shooting guard to not be shooting the ball and to not be impacting the game with his scoring is kind of a red flag. And it's something we got to spend a little bit of time talking about. So we're going to get to that coming up here in just one moment as well as final thoughts from this one. Uh, there, no rest for the wicked as they got to go right back into it with their next matchup against the Golden State Warriors Monday night. So Final segment coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get in on the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins, and all you have to do is wager $5. It's that simple. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Right now, you can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58, the Kansas City Swifties at plus 420, the 49ers at plus 470, the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 500, and then behind them you got the Miami Dolphins at plus 900, the Ravens at plus 950, and on the outside of the top five looking in, the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1100. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with FanDuel this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. I know that I've given him his props this episode, but he is your Locked on Rockets player of the game, Alper and Shingoon. 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block, 11 of 16 shooting, plus 21, a ridiculous team high, plus 21 in his 31 minutes played and him having to sit out that third quarter from about the 10-minute mark all the way until he was able to check back in in the fourth quarter was the reason the Rockets lost this game. They they completely cratered in this one without him in the game. Um, you know, to go from leading at six points at halftime, 55 to 49, to then trailing by six going into the fourth and final quarter uh, because you didn't have Alper and Shingun for basically the entire third quarter, that's... That's the definition of the, of the most important player on the floor. So he is your player of the game. Uh, could have gone to Dylan Brooks with the six threes. Could have gone to Fred Van Vliet with the 16 assists. But again, this team is not 
this team is not built to be missing any one of those guys. If Fred goes out, then I think the offense probably bottoms out as well because they don't have anybody to replicate what Fred does as a facilitator for this offense. Nobody can do what Shingun does on this team, and nobody can do what Dylan Brooks does on this team. Jay Sean Tate comes kind of close from a defensive perspective, but even then, Dylan Brooks is so polished offensively with the three-point shot, the driving kick ability, the finishing around the rim. It doesn't always look pretty, but it's effective, and it works. So those three guys are the current three most important players on this Rockets team for them to be able to win games. And I'm sorry, but right now Jalen Green is the X factor on this team. And this team is only going to go as far as he can take them in games like this, where you look down at what Jalen Green did in this game. The only starter not in double figures, so nine points scored, uh, three of 10 shooting, two of five from three-point range, only one of three at the free throw line, six rebounds, three assists, and a block. And he had four turnovers. He was a he was a plus three, not a minus. He was a plus three in 31 minutes played. But in a game where, and and this this is the case every game because Jalen Green is the tip of the spear during those bench units because Fred VanVleet and Alperen Shingun have kind of been tethered to one another to where they play a lot of their minutes together. Or basically, Alp is always out there with Fred, and Fred plays some minutes without Alp and Shingun, but for the most part, Fred is also out there with Alp because the Fred VanVleet, Alp and Shingun pick and roll is the bread and butter of this Rockets offense. That's their go-to play. That's how they stick with it. That's how they break down defenses. When Jalen is out there with the second unit, when he's out there with the group of you know Aaron Holiday, Jay Shante, Tari East, and Jeff Green, there is no reason that Jalen Green shouldn't get up like 10 shots in just those minutes alone because he is the one offensive piece when those guys are out there. He has to be more aggressive. He has He's a shooting guard that's not shooting the ball right now, and that is unacceptable. And in fact, one of his buckets isn't wasn't even a bucket that he generated. One of his buckets was the absolutely insane, filthy, no-look pass from Alperin Shingun off of an offensive rebound where Alpi gets the offensive board and the Lakers tried to swarm him around the paint. And so he no-look bounced past the ball to Jalen Green, who had just stepped back in from out of bounds under the basket. And Jalen got a wide-open layup off that insane, filthy, no-look pass. So one of his three buckets was literally quite gift-wrapped to him from Alperin Shingun. So when you look at it that way, he was really two of nine shooting in this game. And felt like he was largely a non-factor. And that just can't be the case. Like, I, I don't know how much longer, how much more time you give Jalen Green. I'm not saying the jury's out. I'm not saying you pull the plug on this 11 games into the season. But I'm just saying the clock is ticking for Jalen this year to prove that he can be the guy. That he can be a consistent, you know, 20-plus per game score. Because it's great. Look, it's great that he is rounding out other parts of his game. It's great that the defense has been better. It's great that we've seen playmaking flashes. It's great that we've seen him utilize his athleticism as a rebounder. But he was drafted to be an alpha-level scorer. And he hasn't been that consistently yet. The highs are incredible. When he's got it going, he looks like he's unguardable. And he looks like he could get you a, a cool 30-plus in his sleep when he has it going. But when he doesn't have it going, it's not good enough now. It's not good enough anymore for him to just be a neutral asset on the floor. Which, the way that he's playing with the increased defense, the rebounding, the playmaking at times, you know, some of that makes up for the lack of scoring. But it's not enough for him to just be neutral. 
because if 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 Jalen Green was playing at the level of an Anthony Edwards or a Zach Levine or you know uh, Devin Booker's a little bit further down the line in the evolutionary chart of two guards, but you get what I'm saying. If he was playing at a consistently higher level. This Rockets team only ha- is only looking down the barrel at like two or three losses this season because right now he's been the swing factor. Fred has been incredibly consistent. He's had a couple down games, but he's for the most part, Fred has been very consistent. Dylan has been incredibly consistent, and Alpi has been the Rockets' best player. They need somebody else to help step up because they don't have a scoring punch, a go-to guy off the bench. And that guy, the way that Ime Odoka is staggering his rotations and the way that he's expecting these individuals to contribute in their own way on this team, he's expecting Jalen Green to be the guy to buoy the second unit and to, to kind of hold the scoring burden when he's out there with the second unit guys. And right now, Jalen Green's not holding up his end of the bargain. Like, nine points on 10 shots is not good enough. He has to be better. There's no other way to put it. And I, I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know if he has to change his, his mentality. I don't know if he needs to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, whatever he needs to do, he's got to get it figured out because this Rockets team will only go as far as Jalen Green can take them because Alpi's going to continue to be consistent. Fred's going to do his thing. Dylan's going to do his thing. And I don't think, and look, it could be Jalen. It also could be Jabari. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Like Jabari could also be better. If Jabari took a significant step forward and was, you know, playing some lights out basketball, if he was hitting more shots, if he was a little bit more involved offensively in some of the looks that he was getting, then, you know, Jabari could also be that extra little scoring edge that they need at times. But right now, that's not the case in how Ime is running these lineups. Ime is running these lineups very specifically for Jalen to be the scoring, the, the focal point of scoring with the second unit. And it's just not happening at this point. So Jalen Green absolutely has to be better. Uh, and I hope he will be better. I, I really do. I'm, I'm highlighting it now because it's something that you have to monitor because this all-encompassing, all-important year three is the year that the Rockets have to decide, do we give Jalen Green a max rookie extension? Is he worthy of that number? Because right now he's a shooting guard that can't really shoot the basketball, and that's a bit concerning. Now, he's been shooting better from three this season. I'll give him that. He was two of five in this game, but he, he, he can't just be a, a, a spot-up three and D guy. Because that's not what he is. At that point, you'd be better served going and trading for a premier 3 and D guy, somebody who's just going to spot up at the three-point line and knock down open shots. Because even then, Jalen is a little inconsistent with knocking down the wide open shots that he does get. But if he's not going to be your dynamic two guard and generate offense and create open looks for other guys or you know be your go-to bucket when you need a bucket, be able to break down the defense at will. If he's not doing all that, then just go get a, a, a plus-tier defender, another elite wing defender, somebody who can knock down wide-open threes, and then you just make your entire offense centered around Shingun and Fred Van Vliet. Very, very Denver Nuggets-esque, right, is what I'm saying. I'm not jumping off the Jalen Green boat. I want to see him become that guy. I want to see him become the dynamic two-guard that we think that he can become. But he's got to start do. He's got to start putting these pieces together sooner rather than later. Because in this game specifically, he was the guy that held the Rockets back from winning this game. If he played even a, a moderately better game, we're talking about a Rockets win instead of a Rockets loss. Yes, Dylan Brooks had the mistakes at the end. Yes, they collectively you know needed to get to the free throw line more. Yes, the turnovers were ridiculous across all the starters. Jalen had four. Fred had three. LP had four. Dylan had a couple bad turnovers. Jabari had three turnovers. The turnovers were too much. But the one piece that could have been a little bit better and would have probably guaranteed a win for this Rockets team would have been Jalen Green. So 
I'm going to get off my pedestal now about Jalen. I want to double check, make sure I don't have any other final notes that I wanted to share from this one. I know I mentioned him earlier, Jeff Green scoring off the bench, but he's just been a fantastic addition to this Houston Rockets team. I mean, he's he's so much more than just that seasoned vet on the bench to, you know, to, to talk to the young bloods and give them advice and wisdom and all that. He's actually still an incredible basketball player. And, you know, if we could just rewind the clock and have young Jeff Green on this team as like your supercharged sixth man, be able to play the, the three, the four, or the five, my God, that would be a hell of an addition, um, which makes me think I need, first off, in the YouTube comments, I want to know what was the biggest mistake late in the game for this Houston Rockets team? Was it the either of the mistakes by Dylan Brooks, the sagging off of Austin Reeves? Was it the uh, gamble on the LeBron steal? Was it potentially leaving Jalen Green in the game despite the fact that he was having such an off night? Maybe they should have gone with somebody else for those final couple minutes the way that uh, Ime has had or trusted Jeff Green to be out there in place of Jabari Smith Jr. in some of these recent games and some of these recent wins. Uh, let me know what you think the biggest mistake was. I also want to know, is there a player out there in today's NBA that reminds you of a young Jeff Green? Because if there is, then that's somebody that the Rockets might be might want to look at targeting because a young Jeff Green on this specific squad would actually be pretty filthy. Uh, but their biggest needs are very clearly, they need a backup center. Jock Landale is not cutting the mustard. And they need Jalen Green to be Jalen Green. Like, whatever happened in that Lakers game can't happen for this Rockets team to win more games moving forward. He's got to be a better version of himself. I'm not saying he's got to be Anthony Edwards. I'm not saying he's got to average 30-plus. He just can't get nine points on 10 shots. That's just unacceptable. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Double-checking here. Make sure, yeah, didn't have... I'm all wrapped up on the notes. So with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.